This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out. Sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast. You are going to love hearing from today's guest, who is an expert in a topic I can't wait to dive into, mom rage. We're going to get real about what triggers it, how to safely express it, and most importantly, how we can fully release it. Before we dive in though, just a couple of reminders. Be sure to hit that plus or check mark button in your podcast app to officially follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, please share it with another mom. Also, get excited because I've been working on something super duper cool and it's almost ready. So if you're a mom in network marketing, you're going to want to hear about it. And I want to hear from you. That's why it's super duper important to make sure you're following me on Instagram. My handle is at Nikki Odin. So you can send me a direct message and tell me more about what you do. Once again, that's at Nikki Odin. And now let's meet our guest. Today's guest is a childcare and village advocate, author, and philanthropist who has always had a special place in her heart for children. She worked as a childcare provider for over 15 years and believes the key to a family's success lies in focusing on what she calls the trifecta, parent, child, and caretaker working in unison toward common family goals. She's also the co-host of the podcast, Finger Painting the Future, and her YouTube series, Windy City Nanny, sheds light on the variety of childcare challenges we see across the country. She's been featured on over 400 national and local media outlets across the country, including ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox TV affiliates, Home and Family, The Jenny McCarthy Show, SiriusXM, and more. Her loyal followers on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube have grown into a robust, engaged social media village of moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and childcare providers that grows larger every day. I'm honored she's here with us today. Welcome to the show, Florence Ann Romano. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for that beautiful introduction and just the the chance to be here with you and talk about this this <laughs> this pretty uh, incredible topic. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this. And I think first things first, I'd love to find out how you became an expert in mom rage. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wish I could say I was an expert at mom rage. I think what I, I like to think my strength um, at is is 
figuring out why you're feeling the way you're feeling, like where the origin of uh, the problem is coming from. And I think as we look at moms and we look at just everything going on in the world today uh, and the disproportionate amount of work that moms do compared to their partners, compared to whomever it is in their environment, in their life, it's no wonder, you know, that the top blows off sometimes because so much builds up. It's like a pressure cooker. And so I think when I say mom rage, I'm also uh, looking at how just the general population feels when they get overwhelmed by too much responsibility. And so it doesn't just have to apply to moms, but in this circumstance, we're talking about the specifics of what moms deal with on a daily basis and what perhaps is contributing to that. Right. I was actually going to ask, is there a difference between mom rage and regular rage? (laughs) I think uh, there's the only difference is what the triggers are. Right, right. Because not every person in the world has children. Um, But the reasons why someone may become overwhelmed or stressed out, those reasons may be common denominators. But if you don't have a child hanging on you every second or you're sleep deprived because you're up with the kids or all the kids in the house are sick at the same time, no one's emptying the dishwasher, you know, these things, you know, those are specific to people with children. Um, but stress and the feeling of that stress and how we communicate that stress and how we cope with stress, um, that can be generalized, I think, for, for people who, who don't have kids and who are not moms. So let's talk about some of those common mom triggers. Sure. Um, for me, I'll just share for me that it's usually when my kids are fighting with each other. Uh-huh. For some reason, yeah. that makes me see black. Now, is it, do you think it's just that they're fighting with each other or is it probably that I also have some like underlying stress? I think it's never, I always say in life, it's never about the one thing, right? Right. It never is. Like, you know, you get in a fight with your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. And, you know, you're like, they're like, where did this come from? And you're like, you know, it's never about the one thing. Um, so I think when they're fighting with each other, it's just the idea that you're always trying to create kind of that calm, that environment that uh, of harmony and that mm-hmm. getting along, everything's, you know, cool. Everyone is just kind of, you know, in their flow. And when that's disrupted and when you yourself are trying to balance and juggle everything that you are and that harmony is disrupted, um, you start to take that personally. I think too, if you dig a little deeper, you're like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I handle this? You know, why are they doing this? You know, what do I need to change about, you know, how I'm parenting or how I'm right. disciplining or all of those different things. So you start to kind of go down that rabbit hole, you know? So again, it's never about what it's about. It's not necessarily about their fighting is just driving me crazy. You start to then kind of spider out from there and it becomes about something bigger than that. I mean, it really drives me nuts. I, I go from I, I. There's no, there's no gray area for me. I go from calm to enraged. Yeah, and I'm sure there are you know other moms can identify with that. What are some other common rage triggers that you see with moms? Well, I think it's the idea that mom. This is a huge one. I think for even not just moms too. When you don't have personal space or time to mm-hmm. yourself. 
Yeah. And, you, you know, even I was so a nanny for 15 years. And I remember even at the end of the day, you know, coming home and I was like, if one more person touches me today, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, and, and it's like a terrible thing to say, but you know, I, I think it's true when, when you are the dependent, you know, when everything depends on you to feed them, to bathe them, to change them, to take them here and there and everywhere and to do their homework and mm-hmm. to make sure they stay alive, stay alive. put it right, stay, you know, when that all depends on you and when it's such a physical job and, you know, also mentally draining as well, emotionally yes. draining as well. No wonder at the end of the day, you're just like, kind of like, give me a little bit of space. And it's funny because I think people or spouses for specifically may take that personally, that you're asking for space or you just can't give one more piece of yourself physically or emotionally right now because you need that break. And that's why I always go back to self-care and what that means and how that looks and and how it's not selfish. Um, But people understanding it, that's half the battle. Because if they can't understand it, they can't have compassion, they can't have empathy or whatever it is, then you're going to now start to feel all this guilt. You're going to feel all of, you know, then you're going to start getting more rageful because you're not getting what you need and you're not being seen, heard and understood. Mm -hmm. So you feel like you're on an island. And so that's no fun either because here you are taking care of everyone else and then who's taking care of you at the end of the day or who's seeing you at the end of the day and what you need. And so um, there's a lot of factors that, you know, that, that kind of contribute to this. But uh, the, the idea of, of self-care, personal space and all of that, I think, is, is, a, is a big trigger for lots of women. It definitely is. And it's a topic that is everywhere right now, self-care, mm-hmm. especially for moms. Mm-hmm. And I think that getting that time and space is sort of a multifaceted challenge because, number one, you have the kids who you feel that you need to take care of all the time. Although I'm right. always saying you can't take care of them as well as you want to if you don't take that time for yourself. Right. But then there's that other component of your partner or spouse who's like, hey, what about me? Why can't I touch you? Why can't I be with you right now? Because you just want to be alone. So how do you advise moms to sort of harmonize those two competing pressures? Well, I think it's about also the environment and the timing of that conversation with your spouse or whomever it is that you're sharing your life with or is helping you in your life. Or even if it's friends, you know, like sometimes you feel like, you know, that phone rings and you see that name come up on the caller ID and you're like, that's going to be a, that's going to be a long call. All right. Right. I, (laughs) I just can't go there right now. I don't have the time or the mental capacity to deal with it. So I think it timing is everything. It, you have to ask for what you want. I believe that more than ever in life that, you know, we can't expect people to read our minds. And if you do, then you're setting that person up to fail. And I've learned that in relationships too. I need to ask for what I want. And so I think in a situation like this, where your spouse may feel neglected or doesn't understand why you need that space or what are the things triggering you? The best thing to do would to be, have a conversation with that person, not during the the chaotic time, not when you've lost your mind already and you feel like you're just like circling the drain. It would be when things are calm. Maybe it's before you go to bed at night when you're having that pillow talk or in the morning after the kids go off to school and maybe you have some time to have coffee together or on a date night or something and just in a calm way be able to say, 
these are the things that I need. And I don't think it's unreasonable to be asking for those things. And then hear also what your spouse has to say about what their needs are too. Right. Because it can't be all about us. It can't be all about, you know, women and, you know, men or your partner or whomever it is, they stink. And right, you don't right. care no. what they think. You of course care what they think and you want to know how it makes them feel. Um, but the communication is key. And I think that's where we get stuck in relationships, whether they're romantic or otherwise, it's when we, we stop communicating or don't know how to communicate our feelings where then that breeds resentment, um, and guilt and, uh, failure and rage and all of those different things. So, but, you know, nipping in the butt with understanding that having a conversation from a calm place communicating that, you know, during a time where you can be clearly thinking and hearing each other is important. Absolutely. And I think if your kids are old enough, having a similar conversation with them is helpful as well. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids are now eight and almost 10. And there are some things that I can tell them. I can explain to them why it makes me so angry when they don't get along and when they disrespect each other and even physically hit each other and hurt each other. Right. And what that it's not just about them, but it affects other people. And I mm-hmm. think, I don't know that they, it doesn't prevent them from fighting the next time. So I'm not going to say that it does, but I think that over time they'll start to understand where I'm coming from. And that's really all I need sometimes. I just need them to understand right. how infuriating it is. Sure. Uh, and, you know, and seeing you get upset as children do, you know, that it, they understand that something is wrong or that they have done done something wrong. They're not bad. They're not no, bad kids right. for doing it, but they understand that the behavior is not correct. And that's a learning, you know, a moment for them. And that's constant parent that's constantly what parenting is, right? Is having all of these moments where they're learning, they're correcting, you know, all of that. Um, but I think to your point though, about how you're how you're reacting to them is also something that I think moms feel a lot of guilt about because they, you do reach that breaking point and then the words come out of your mouth or yes. the behavior happens and you're like, Oh gosh, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and I'm going to replay that 25 times in my head. And I wish I had done this. I wish I had said this. I wish I could take this back. You know, that's life. We're all imperfect beings. Well, all of us do that at night when we go to bed sometimes and, you know, think we wish we could redo that, redo this, whatever. But the idea of trying to help yourself uh, not get to that place where you're constantly blowing up on the kids or the people you love or the people in your household. That's, I think, what we're trying to solve here with the mom rage is, okay, what are my triggers? And then once you know what those are, how do I start to, to temper those feelings as I start to feel them bubbling up? And I had a conversation with a friend the other day about this and she, she was struggling with it too, where she felt like she was just constantly, that fuse was blowing. And we started saying, you know, you're allowed to walk away from the moment if you need to take a breath. If you know you're about to say things you regret, you can walk away and say, just give me a minute and collect yourself. And I really love the idea of doing this because I've tried to practice it in my life too in different circumstances, but also I love the message that it's sending to your children that it's okay also to do that. Even when they're fighting with their siblings or a friend or mom or dad or whomever it is, that 
it's okay to walk away for a minute to try to stop yourself from saying things you'll regret or try to collect your thoughts or figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling and come back and maybe be able to use those words. Um, and I, I just, I really like the idea of, of thinking that this is not a selfish move, you know, from walking yeah. away for a moment that it's, Absolutely. it's necessary. So I often struggle between two things when it comes to those feelings bubbling up. The first mm-hmm. is that I don't want to suppress them because mm-hmm. I know then they're going to, I'm going to blow my top somewhere else right. in, a, in a very inappropriate place, whether it's like at somebody at the grocery store or at work. Right. And so I fully believe in expressing and experiencing my emotions. And I always tell my kids that as well, but that I have rules about, we don't disrespect people mm-hmm. or property and we don't hurt ourselves or others yeah. in expressing the rage. So how do we, how do you recommend we go about that? Because in the moment, I want to let it out, but I don't want to violate those rules. And like, for example, disrespect someone and say something to my children that I can't take back that's hurtful. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I mean, I'm not likely to break something. That's more something like one of the kids would do, like throw something. But I do feel like it's important to get those feelings out. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you feel like there's some work that we can do like sort of on the side or behind the scenes to make sure we're like releasing that energy on sort of a regular basis. So when those moments arise, we're a little bit clearer or less likely to blow. I, I think it's, it, it is the buildup of like that. Like we were saying earlier about the pressure cooker. So if that means perhaps that, you know, on your way to pick up, you know, you're, you've got 10 minutes in the car by yourself and you're going to use that time to listen to your favorite music. Cause you never get to, cause you only have the kids music on in the car. Or you're going to talk on the friend to a girlfriend and just check in and have an adult conversation because you haven't been able to talk to an adult or just release it. I say to friends all the time, I had heard someone say, do you just want to vent or are you looking for advice? That's such a yeah. great thing. Right? So great to say to Isn't someone. Isn't that yes. wonderful? And so use that in your life with your friends. And you know, you've got those girlfriends that, you're, you know, that you call up and you want to vent to. And I've, I've started sentences like that. Phone calls with my girlfriends where I'm, you don't need to give me any advice. You can totally, you're off the clock. I just need to just get this out of my mouth because I'm afraid if I don't say it to someone, I'm going to say it to the wrong person. Right. And so, you know, I do that on a pretty regular basis or, you know, I get up a little bit earlier in the day so I can journal or I can meditate or pray or whatever it is that it means something to you. Mm Um, so you have that alone time. So no one is touching you or bothering you or you can collect your thoughts. And maybe that's a sacrifice because you're going to lose a little bit of sleep. But I know one of my friends who gets up an hour, an hour earlier than she has to, but she said if she doesn't do that and she doesn't get that alone time, there literally is no place else in her life she is going to get it. And she sees the difference on a week-to-week yeah. basis. So it's about, again, self-care. It's about prioritizing your care or your mental, mental, physical, whatever, your well-being. All of that is important. And I think what we find is if we're doing that and we're, that's a release for us. And so when that, that fuse that we have, when it does blow, we notice that the fuse is becoming longer and longer as Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. prioritizing ourselves more. Doesn't mean we're still not going to pop our tops off. Of course we are. We're human. It's, it's going to happen. Right. But if we are taking care of ourselves in these different ways and it's not what quantity versus quality, 
because I don't believe we have the quantity of it. There's, there's never going to be enough time. So we have to find the quality things that are going to be able to fulfill us in that way. That's going to, I believe, those small steps lead to, to big results. Hey there, Supermom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom with Confidence, the keep it together system specifically for super moms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence. In two PDFs that you can download right now, you get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate, what's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience, and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you want to stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence and purchase yours today for just $29. So speaking of quality, Uh (laughs) have you ever heard of a rage room? Oh, we have them here in Chicago. And yeah, they- They We have them in South Florida too. Yeah, you go and can break plates and old like computer like yeah, stuff. like yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I always joke around like I want to go office space on a printer. If you've ever seen the movie Office Space, and they yeah. take this printer, they can't, you can't under. It's always jamming. They don't understand the the error messages, and they finally take it out to a field one day and just beat it to smithereens with baseball bats. And there are moments in our lives where we're like, I want to do that. So I've been talking to my girlfriends about the rage I feel sometimes as a mother. And I'm like, I think I should go to a rage room and just like, maybe that could like really help me like get a lot of it out. And that way, you know, my alone time, my workout time, all that stuff will be like even more powerful for my release. So I was just wondering what you thought about that. Fabulous. I I think to do it as much as you need to, I think that's what it's there for. There is something very cathartic about, about releasing it in that way. And yeah, of course, there's two schools of thought like, oh, you know, you're, it's, it's violent, you know, and there's something wrong if you're, if you're letting out, you know, your rage in that kind of manner, it's controlled. So that's yes. first yeah. of all. You're safety not, goggles, you're wearing like, like a suit. Goggles, you're not going out into the street, into a dumpster, you know, behind a restaurant and just like starting to cause, you know, damage to property, like you were saying, you right. know. There is something about that. I mean, it's the same way people go to the gym and they, you know, maybe want to take a kickboxing class or something. Right. There's something about, you know, that getting that physical angst out. So absolutely. And then I laugh because, you know, remember people would say all the time, oh, you know, you scream into a pillow. Yeah. It's actually very helpful. Yes. I, I, I've done it before. And I, I, you know, sometimes just letting that scream out, you know, you're like, gosh, I feel better. Like, why do I feel, you know, better kind of instantly in that way? Um, you know, I, I think it's very difficult, uh, for, 
for moms, depending on the ages of their children, the behavioral challenges that they're dealing with at that time, the extenuating circumstances, whatever they might be, you know, it it's hard. Being a mom is hard. Being a parent is hard. And every day is always a little bit different. And and sometimes you you don't know why, you know, something triggered you that day. But even people who are not parents, you know, we have those moments ourselves during the day. Even I can even admit this, even with my boyfriend the other day, like he was like, all of a sudden he's like, what happened? He was like, you went from like, you know, happy, happy, happy. And now like all of a sudden, like, what did I say? Like, what did I do? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Okay. I need to figure it out. I don't know what happened, but something happened and I know that I'm mad. I don't even know if I'm mad at you, but maybe I am. I don't know. I need to figure it out. And you know, like all of a sudden you, 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 you feel these feelings coming up and you need to take the time to figure out where it's coming from. Um, and again, we're imperfect beings and uh, you know, the fact that we even try to figure this stuff out that we're talking about this today, you're, you're making space for that mm-hmm. in the world. That is such a huge contribution because the best thing that we can do as women is make other women feel like they're not alone in their feelings, that they can relate to each other and that what you're going through is not abnormal. You want, like I said before, you want to be seen, heard and understood. Right. Knowing that you're feeling things that other people are too makes you feel less alone and validates your feelings. And, and also that's a release too. Mm -hmm. kind of hearing someone else say, Oh my gosh, you get it. You know how that feels like when you talk to a friend and you're like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. That is gold. That And, and so all of a sudden, sometimes that's all you need in order to survive another day. Yeah. And you know, I laugh when you're telling that story because I relate, because I've been there and I've done those things. And I'm like, part of me is like, I have no idea why I'm so angry right now. Like I need to take <laughs> right. a step back and figure out why I'm like so disproportionately enraged. Right. And then you're like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's like you said, we're, we're all, we all have those moments and having somebody to lean on and someone to be there for you and just listen and allow you to vent is so important. I know that's a huge part of the work you do is, is the village, right? It takes a village. So what are your thoughts? Or do you have any like rules for the, how to create a village? I have a lot of rules, I would say, about or just not even rules, guidelines more mm-hmm. about it. it. It's about figuring out, you know, who who you are and what your strengths are as a villager, as a, a member of the community, as a friend. Um, you know, what what can you contribute to the world and and then also, what do you need in order to be supported? So when you're building a village, when you're finding community, when you're finding friends, you know, I always say, as we get older, it becomes more difficult because we don't have those built-in opportunities like we did when we were younger, when you're in right. school mm-hmm. and you've got that, you know, a pool of people to be picking from. And, you know, as you get older, then there's work and then you have to put a little more work into it because you're, you're trying to find where you belong in different groups of people. Um, and then that's where you also start to learn that it's quality versus quantity in terms of friendship too. For sure. But, Asking for help is the number one way to really start to build that village is knowing like, this is, this is where I'm struggling. This is where I could use support. What does that support look like? And, and an example of this, I could say is perhaps when you're, when you're struggling with, um, feeling overwhelmed as a mom, perhaps, and you feel like you're, you're doing it all 
and no one's helping and you're a working mom perhaps and you you need people to step in there and help fill in the gaps where mm-hmm. you can't be. And what does that look like? Is it a grandparent? Is it a nanny? Is it, you know, a, a neighbor down the street that is, you know, going to take your, you know, your kid home from school for maybe a couple hours so you can get your work done or you can, you know, commute home. It's, it's about figuring out again where those gaps are of support and then also telling yourself that it's not a tit for tat game. It's not having mm-hmm. to not reciprocate because you don't ever want to take, take, take and, right. and never, and never, you know, also give back. But in life, it's the balancing scale. Right now, I know that I'm the one on the receiving end of this kindness or the receiving end of this support. It doesn't mean you're not going to pay it forward in the, in, in the future. You will. It's just that you can't do that at the same time. And so if you're keeping score all the time in your friendships, I did this for them, I did this, you know, that's never going to be a successful friendship because it can't be that way. There's a big difference between allowing the balancing scale to just naturally take effect and you being taken advantage of or taking advantage of someone else. But asking for help and realizing where you need the help in your life, that is going to be the first step in building village. I love that. I love that idea of not putting that pressure on yourself of making it tit for tat and feeling mm-hmm. like, well, I can't ask for another favor until I do a favor. Right. And I love also stepping back as you're looking for help and identifying gaps in, of support. Like where mm-hmm. exactly do I feel this squeeze and I where do I really mm-hmm. need the help? Because I think sometimes we like, we just pull things out of our head. Like, oh, it would be great if someone did this for me. And then when you're actually in the day-to-day of it, you're like, well... I, I could probably use help really somewhere else. If I'm going to ask for help, I'm going to right. use it where I really yeah. need it. Right. And being intentional that way to like really analyze where the gaps are. I love that. And, and I, I appreciate you saying that because that's, that's wonderful to hear that that resonates with you. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's very difficult, I think, sometimes as we get older to make those new friends because those inhibitions that we have as children, um, they'd be it's not the same. You know, we become more fearful. We become more critical. We become, you know, of ourselves, of other people. Um, we become more self-conscious sometimes, you know, it's, it's just that unedited version of ourselves starts to get a little more edited as time goes on. And so when we find those friendships in our lives, in these different seasons, uh, it, it, those are, it's always going to look different and how you need to find fulfillment or joy is going to change depending on the season of your life. You know, a, a friend of mine, you know, she, she's a young widow and the way she now is developing her village looks a lot different than she did when, when she had her spouse, right. um, her gaps in her life are different. The type of support she needs is different emotionally, mentally, physically, otherwise. And so the, again, it's a different season, a different chapter of her life. And so we can't expect also that the people that have been with us are going to also stay with us forever. It's just not realistic. Right. In some cases, they will. And that's wonderful. There's a statistic that say if you've been with friends with someone seven years or longer, there's a good chance you're going to stay friends with them forever. And that may be true. I think I found that that's probably true in my life. But I've also, you know, I have a, I have a book coming out in February called Build Your Village. Mm-hmm. And one of the chapters in my book is when the b- village burns down. 
And that is not necessarily um, a bad thing, as you discover in the chapter. It's just about sometimes the bil- the village goes away, and yeah. that's for different reasons by accident or design. Um, and so I think it's also understanding that it's going to be a lifelong journey it, and not looking at that as daunting, but yeah. looking at that as, as that's going to continue to surprise you and, and change you and fill you up in different ways. That, if you can change your perspective on it, then it can seem more exciting than seem, like I said, daunting. Right. And I love the idea of thinking about villages in different seasons and chapters of your life. There are moms listening to this podcast who have newborns and there are moms who have kids. They're getting ready to go off to college, but they both need a village and they're going to need different types of people in their lives because their areas of support are obviously going to be different. And then some of those villages will burn down. But I think, I think of the Phoenix and how things can rise up from the ashes and burning makes room for new growth. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely not a bad thing. It's not. And I think understanding also too, that when people do leave your life by accident or design, whatever it might be, um, it, it does leave room for, for new growth. It, le- it leaves, it leaves room for self-exploration for new people to come in. You know, I had a falling out with a friend years ago and I look back on it now and there was a mutual friend that she and I had who is now my best friend in the world. And I look at her and think, I don't know what I would do without you. But if I hadn't had that friendship right. with that gal that I had a falling out with, I would have never met my current best friend. So going through everything I went through, perhaps in that friendship, of course it was worth it because I got what I got. For, you know, I have what I have now, I should say, with her. But when you're in it, it's very hard to see, you know, what, what the end result is going to be. We're not, we can't look in a crystal ball and see that, but hindsight being 2020, I think that gift of being able to look back and see, what did I learn? How did I grow? You know, what can I do going forward that will help me maybe not make the same mistakes or whatever I learned from the situation that knowledge really does change the trajectory of your life going forward as you have those life experiences because you hope that what you're doing is becoming smarter and you're you know balancing yourself more and connecting to yourself more trusting people more trusting the right people more learning more about yourself all of those different things um so i think if i guess what the 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 thesis statement of kind of what i'm trying to say here is giving ourselves and giving each other kindness and grace is really important because we're all doing the best we can, right? In life, we all are doing the best we can. Yep. And we have a just deep desire for connection and how we connect with people and the type of people we connect with. Uh, that that's, that's a lifetime journey and that's exciting. You know, yeah. it can be scary for some people, but it's exciting too. And and it's okay if you don't know how to do it. It's okay if it doesn't come naturally to you. That's why, you know, podcasts like this exist and, and, you know, friendships exist because they're, that those are people to help you figure these things out. You don't have to do it alone. I love that. And I think it's, it's so true that we're all doing the best we can, mom rage or not. We all yeah. need somebody to, understand, to see, to hear us. And that is where having a village comes in 
And it is one of those things that we just, we always have to to be talking about and be intentional about because we don't want it to seem like we're alone or like we're not normal because we have these feelings or have these needs for connection for community and village. So your book comes out in February. Yes, in February. And so, you know, I feel like, oh my gosh, that seems like it's, you know, forever away. But then I start looking at like the months going by and I'm like, okay, that's not that far away. Um, and yes, it comes out in February and it really, um, uh, it was, of course, just like anything in life is a, is a, is a labor of love. Um, but it was something I think that was written on my heart a long time ago because I, I have always been um, a gal that thrives in friendships and 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 um, I've, my mom was joking with me the other day. She goes, even from the time you were little, you were like all about the sisterhood. I was all about like, you know, I was extremely close to my grandmother and, you know, my mom is my best friend. And I just like, you know, I, I just love friendships and I, and I love, um, you know, just kind of, you know, that girl power. Um, and my boyfriend always laughs. He was like, yeah, he's like, I know, you know, it's all about the girls. It's all about stuff. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I said, it's just, there's something about friendship that always has been, I've always been curious about, and it's always been very important to me and being, and the type of friend that I am or the type of support that I show as a sister or a granddaughter or a friend or whatever. Um, I've always been curious about how those relationships grow. How do you water those relationships? And then you know, how do those relationships come to be? And is there a model? Is there some way that we can put this into, you know, into word form and it could be replicated, it could help people more. And so I believe that's kind of the genesis of the book is me trying to figure out, you know, how, who am I in other people's villages and what have I needed in my life mm-hmm. and people relate to that. And so that's really um, how I, I came to write the book. And it's called Build Your Village. I can't wait. (laughs) You're so sweet, Nikki. Thank you. You have to give me your honest opinion. I will. I absolutely will. And I hope that everybody else will read it as well. So you'll have to give us the link when it comes out. Oh, for sure. I would love to. This has been such a joy to be able to talk to you. And I love what you're doing here, Nikki. It's just, you know, it's so important. And I, I, you know, the women that are listening um, you know, you're giving, I like your, again, like I said, you're holding space for, for everyone to be able to have these feelings and conversations and, and this might be people's self-care time, what you're giving them right now. Nikki, when someone's listening to your podcast is, you know, they, they need that time with you, you know, and I, I think that that, and, you know, who knows how that changes a day then in someone, in someone's life when they listen to a topic that's going to resonate with them. And maybe that changes, the rhythm of the day for them. It changes how they're going to re- interact with people that day because they've they've been fulfilled or found joy or found guidance from you. So this is really a, an important space. Well, thank you. It is my mission to change the world one heart at a time. And yeah. I'm honored that you could be part of that process with me today oh, and to spend some time you. with us. This was absolutely fascinating stuff. And I, for one, needed to hear it. Oh. You are a wonderful mommy, Nikki. Don't you doubt yourself for one second. Those kids are so lucky to be loved by you. And it's very clear that they are, they are exceptionally loved and they will grow up always knowing that. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Florence and Romano. I know you took a ton of value from it and I can't wait to hear about what little nuggets you're going to start 
implementing in your life with your mom rage. We'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.